Good morning and welcome to another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I am your host, Becky Easton. And today we are going to talk a little bit about DIY planning. When can you do it yourself? When shouldn't you do it yourself? And and a little bit about why. I'll tell you a couple stories of plans I've reviewed for people and why they weren't quite working. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the things you can do because you can do a little bit of DIY planning and how to decide whether you should or shouldn't is really based on your own understanding of what you're doing, right? So if you are reading the questions and understanding how you're answering them and why you're making the decisions that you're making, then potentially those documents are going to work for you. If you sign them and have them witnessed or notarized appropriately, of course. But it's so easy to misunderstand something and cause a dramatic shift in how your estate is distributed. So my first story isn't really too bad. It simply was just not technically correct. And this would be a really easy mistake for anyone to make. It involved a a client who was had a blended family. So she had a couple of children from a prior relationship and so did he. But they had been together for quite some time and considered everybody a child and intended for their whole estate, no matter who was the last survivor, to split among all of the children. And the one thing that they had done wrong, though, was kind of misidentified and listed all of the children as children of each of them. And while this may or may not have caused any problem down the line, it's not technically correct, right? Because she has two or three of them. He has two or three. It just, it just wasn't technically correct. And that is exactly what can wind you up in court arguing about the technicality of wording and everything. So one of the things you absolutely want to avoid is even though it may be something that's technically correct for you, these are all of your children. You consider all of them. They're not technically. And if we're not listing people out correctly, then we just open it up for a little bit of trouble, especially when later on down the line, if you haven't exactly been that clear and it says something like, I would like to split this between my children, then it, that's where it can get a little bit sticky, right? So that one, not a t- it was just kind of technically incorrect and could potentially have caused them some problems. This next one actually did cause some pretty disastrous results for a, um, this, this woman was not a client of mine, but I did get to hear the horror story where she and her husband were lured in by a, an ad to set up a trust for $199, a screaming deal. However, 
she fully admitted after the fact that she had no understanding of the options that they were selecting and why. And unfortunately, the way they set up their trust, it was pretty restrictive after the first death and forced some assets into a separate trust to be managed and taken care of um, and held for the benefit of ultimate beneficiaries for the children and kind of cut the surviving spouse out of that share. Well, unfortunately, the assets that were pushed into that separate account or separate trust after, um, after the husband died happened to be the life insurance policy that they had purchased with the intent that she live on that or whoever the survivor was, was going to live off of those insurance proceeds. Well, because of the options that they had selected, admittedly not knowing what they were, these assets were now trapped in an irrevocable trust that she did not have access to and that could not be modified without a significant investment of time and money into the court process. So this poor couple, poor surviving widow, now had nothing that she was supposed to have, that they had originally intended themselves to have. And so this is, you know, just a, a, a terrible story about that, right? It's not always going to be this bad, right? Um, <clears throat> but again, very easy to do. This couple just selected certain options and wound up completely destroying, if you will, their plan. So not only do I think it's really important to be sure you understand what you're doing in the first place, but to have someone else look it over, even down the line, you know, touch it again, check in on your planning, make sure it's actually doing what you intend for it to do and get that second opinion. I think oftentimes you, you are surprised and actually every single plan Uh, DIY plan that I've ever reviewed for anyone, it's not exactly doing what the client hoped it was doing, whether that's a small thing or uh, something else that is going to cause some sort of unintended consequence. I've never seen a DIY plan do what the client thought exactly that it was supposed to do, which is unfortunate out there. And so I did mention that there are certain things that you can do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can do all of this. I don't recommend it. But (laughs) Um, when it comes to your powers of attorney, that is one thing where all of the states are really good about having a statutory form of powers of attorney available online for download. And these forms are great to use because they are familiar, they're standardized, 
anyone who's going to be accepting them and reviewing them has seen this form before. So it, as you're filling that out, you know, and there are pretty good instructions, at least here in Arizona, the instructions for the healthcare powers of attorney and directives are, are pretty good. And letting you know exactly what you're, you're filling out and what some of those consequences would be. And so those are great in, in a pinch in order to get yourself taken care of and covered in your incapacity. These powers of attorney are, are super easy to access and easy to fill out. And as long as you sign them and have them notarized and witnessed appropriately, then you can definitely do that yourself. It's a great first step in planning and will get you again covered in a pinch or when something you know you need something yesterday right uh again as long as you can get it notarized and um and witness appropriately pretty easy to go but other than that i honestly i can't recommend not working with someone who has been trained and someone who can actually give you legal advice. And that would only be an attorney. There are plenty of certified legal document preparers and paralegals out there that probably really know their stuff. They have seen it, they have done it for a long time, and they generally know what they're talking about and can give some pretty good assistance. However, they're not attorneys. And same goes, I know a lot of CPAs and financial advisors um, will get into providing you know, basic, uh, basic estate planning. But keep in mind that as nice as that this is, that the cost would be a little bit lower, they can't give you legal advice. And if they are, they shouldn't be. So you being able to get that personalized advice tailored to your specific situation to let you know um, you know how you may consider setting things up in a different way you definitely need to be talking to a lawyer especially if you have assets that are going to go through probate um, you have assets in, here in Arizona if you have real estate that is worth more than $100,000 or personal property worth more than $75,000. Um, anytime you are looking to ensure that you are avoiding probate and keeping your family out of court and out of conflict, you want to be sure to t speak with an attorney who is reviewing your assets, who's talking to you about what is important to you to ensure that that gets done the right way and can explain to you how things um, would happen with that situation, how you can make it different and help you make the best decisions when it comes to protecting your family and keeping them out of court and out of conflict. So what's the ultimate verdict? Can you DIY? Sometimes you can, but I certainly wouldn't recommend it all of the time. When you are sick, do you go to the doctor 
to get the recommendation? Yes, probably. When your car breaks down, do you go to the mechanic to get the best advice about what's going on? Probably. When you're talking about trying to avoid court, keep your family out of conflict, and protect everybody, you should be talking to an attorney about that as well. So that is a wrap on another edition of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I want to thank you again for listening in. We are available again for download on almost every platform right now. And so wherever you get your podcasts, you can find me. If you felt so inclined to support the show by liking, following, subscribing, donating one time, or even just leaving a review for me, I'd really appreciate it. And if you ever have any ideas for something you'd like to hear a little bit more about from me, I would be all ears. So thanks again for listening in today. This has been Family Wealth and Other Musings, and I'm your host, Becky Easton. Mm -hmm.